you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. You know, I, I told you before, this is only the second time we ever played Leeds. I think it's the second time. But see, even before the first time we ever got here, I think most of us on this stage, I know I did, I probably spent like a large amount of time in my adolescence in Leeds, like a thousand hours in Leeds, with the headphones on, listening to a record called Live at Leeds by The Who. I was that young kid. I still pretty much am that young kid. And, and now we are here and we get to play for you all. And it's not lost on us for one second. We're very grateful for our lives. 20 something years. to be silly about it. We, we've grown up in many, 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 many ways, and we're very responsible in many, many ways, but I'm, I'm glad that we're just, um, just we've held on to a little bit of who we were and who we always were from And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. Featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast, and we're a podcast that focuses on the Pearl Jam live experience. So if you've been to a Pearl Jam show, which I hope you have, I know there are people out there that are listening that haven't, and that's great because they want to intake all this, and then they intake this, and it gets them hyped to go to the shows, and people have told me that before, and that feels good. That feels good that you want that, and we want you to want that, but Hey, there are people out there that have these memories too, and boy, this show that we're doing today, it's been requested probably since day one, Leeds 2014, and I am just, I'm going to throw this out here in my opening monologue, I have no idea why this show 
doesn't have a Live at the Garden DVD treatment. I have no idea why this show doesn't have a higher platform, a vault, something should be in the show's future because it is that freaking good, especially for Pearl Jam in 2014. Like, I, I, if I could sell the show to you right now in the first two minutes of, of this episode, that's your sell right there. This is live at the Garden Worthy. I don't know if John agrees with me, but that's the fun of having this conversation. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. We have a lot Hello. to discuss today. Hi. I don't know if I uh, if I revved it up enough for you, but <laughs> how are you feeling after that? Well, I think I mean it, it did get it did get put on the on the deep site, so that's that shows that, that they're they're giving it a little bit of love. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yes, because that's the only 2014 one, and it's funny because when we were we should address that actually first. Uh, so if you didn't tune in to our little news bulletin thing that we released last week. Uh, we were so privileged to be a part of this brand new project that Pearl Jam just released 186 bootlegs out into the universe for people yeah, that had Spotify and Apple Music. Like, it's just fantastic fan service and we were asked you know we we did this concertpedia thing for us and this is something that we wanted to do and we're working on and we're still working on it we're we're excited to to get it done regardless of what we did here but when when we were asking people if they wanted to help write mark tarnerzer from universal music gets in touch and he's like hey would you be interested in working on a project with pearljam.com oh my god you don't say no to that oh yeah when 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 the senior vice president from universal (sighs) asked you to do something we we jumped at the chance yeah and we thank him so much because it's just such a cool experience like the zoom call that we were on i don't want to give things away but like it was just it made me so happy just to be there and just to see the people there and to be a part of this group. It kind of, it almost felt like we were kind of like major league call-ups in September hitting <laughs> we're length like, in the we're lineup. Like the, the 138th round draft pick that gets the call up <laughs> the next year. Like, which you just, yeah, you just kind of look around cause yeah, you know, you, you see, you know, Tim from the 10 club was involved in this. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah. And yeah, just, uh, yeah, we were just happy to, happy to have a chance to contribute. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, two of my biggest passions, writing and Pearl Jam, I, I, and you put them both together and I spent the whole entire night Friday night. I didn't get to sleep until about like two or three o'clock in the morning. I spent that whole entire night just reading back my stuff and then going back and reading back your stuff and then going and reading other people's stuff. The guys that from our project that thankfully came in last minute, it was basically like, you know, get 40, 50 shows done in one week. And the six guys, let's, let's give them credit. Joey, Patrick, Alex, Nick, Gabe, and Brian, you guys like, well done well done everybody the fantastic job because that was a beast of a job to do in in the time that you did it and we didn't tell them 
anything that that, that was happening. Right. right. Yeah, we were so, sworn to secrecy. Sworn to secrecy. And, yeah. you know, uh, as much as I would have loved to tell the entire universe, look, we have this platform. We got microphones in front of our faces right now. I, I love to talk. I love to tell people shit and break news. We were t- as tight-lipped as humanly possible, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're sitting here right now and, and talking about this. And the reason why we picked this show today and and shows that we're going to do for the rest of May is to kind of uh, promote this a little bit and and to get the, get you guys involved and to get you guys uh, interested in the setlist generator and, and making the playlist. Like this is gonna this is just the start. This is just a beta test for this. And this is just the start. This is going to be something so much bigger than it is. And so much bigger that I don't think even you or I really know what that bigger is going to be. To, you know, it, it's such a cool like rabbit hole to go down to have all those reviews of the shows. Because, yeah, you might you might skim through that. You know, let's say you might skim through 2003 and like maybe, you know, State College and, you know, Mansfield and you know the the garden, but maybe you don't know uh, some other shows from that era. So Fargo, yeah, you can Council go, Bluffs. Yeah, you you can go re- read the reviews and be like, hey, Boise if something 2000. jumps out to me, maybe I want to go. Yeah, maybe I want to go listen to that. Maybe I'll. It's there for the casual fans who might not know any of that stuff, but it's for the hardcore fans too. To be you know, even if you know those shows, you you might you might know a Fargo, you might know a Boise, but. There's always going to be those hidden gems, like like you say, where you go in and you can read the review and like maybe you know someone wrote something that jumps out at you and like, oh that sounds really cool I want to listen to that show, you know that that's what's all about. It's just spreading the I think you know that's one of the things they talked about at the beginning when we were on that first meeting. It's just like they just want to spread the the word about how good of a live band Pearl Jam is to to the mainstream. It's like yep. that's what it's all about. So I hope people get a chance to go and look at and and tell people about it. You know share it with people your your friends who like live music and all that like hey you know all these shows are there you can go listen to them there's something for everybody so yeah i hope i hope people are in, are enjoying it and get a chance to do the deep dive on it and i think they picked the best years too they picked 2000 which is a phenomenal tour you have european shows you have u.s shows and like people don't talk about the binaural songs that much anymore because they don't get played that much anymore we're going to talk about two today that's going to be great but uh the 2003 tour again some of the riot act songs like get right and ghost we're going to talk about ghost today that those songs don't really get played anymore so that kind of gets pushed into the forefront again uh 2008 very unique tour very short but like it kind of fills that gap between avocado and backspacer where wma and who you are all night like those kind of songs were coming back and 2013 just 2013 is really where they kind of became like officially the grateful dead play for three hours every night no opener like that was the time for that and uh this one being the only one from 2014 is is fantastic because I, I feel like, and I don't know the reason for this, but I feel like they all looked at this and they said, this needs something big to stand alone on its own. And this show absolutely deserves this treatment. Oh, yeah, they they know it was special. I mean, you you look at, you know, this being near the end of that European leg, but there's 12 tour debuts here. They, they yeah. saved a lot of stuff for this show. Yeah, uh, some surprising things, too. Some things that you don't realize, oh, they didn't play that? 
wow, that means they were mixing up a lot of things over there. And also, you know, when you, when you think about the, the European tour from 2000, that's, those are the only European shows that were involved because 2003, I think had, uh, Australia and had Japan. And then 2013 had a couple of South America shows, some very good ones. If 2005 was in this, I would have been, I would have signed up for all of those. Uh, <laughs> it would have been amazing. And every, every single time favorite track do the evolution. Just that's it. <laughs> do the evolution and better man and rear rear. That's it. Uh, and, I, I feel like this kind of added because, uh, you know, England is obviously a major, major spot for the band and this being a big show, it kind of makes that people from that territory feel like, okay, this is ours. Like, this is great that this was the added bonus in with everything else. So there's a lot of important things about this show, but the most important thing would have to be kind of the where this develops from. And this develops from a little record called The Who Live at Leeds that came out in 1970. And uh, they played over at the University of Leeds, which was not far from where this arena was that they played on this night in 2014. And I don't want to waste what I want to say about the record because there are certain songs that I'm going to bring up in the show that just are, I, I listened to, I, I did my homework. I listened to the record before, uh, before turning this on. And, and I like, there are some songs that you can just say Pearl jam is 100% influenced by this record. Oh yeah. You know, this is one that Ed played in his bedroom growing up over and over and over yeah. again. And it's, I mean, it's widely considered the greatest live album of all time. So yeah, like I can I can see that's absolutely you know I can see them routing the tour and like leads that's where we're going, make it happen. Abs- absolutely, like Ed always has these these destination places, even if they're you yeah. know like this place I think was a little bit smaller. Ed kind of mentions it in the show, like there were it, it was it was very felt intimate. Like I think he said intimate. he was happy yes. that he could he could reach out and touch the people in front instead of some yeah. of those festivals. I think he mentions where they're like half a half a world away. Right, and even the people in the back felt like they were they were closer. Yeah. Like that yeah. that kind of setting, they love that, and of course, it, it it means they sell less tickets and less people get to go to those shows. But they get experiences like this. They come up with amazing bootlegs, and and the people that are lucky enough to be there have stories that last a lifetime. Like <laughs> we tried to reach out, we we tried to find out who the phone person is. We'll get into the the phone thing, of course. Yeah. yeah. But um, to no avail. If you're out there, phone person, live on Four Legs Podcast Gmail dot com. We want stories from you. We'll be we'll we'll be back to you, sir or madam. I think you're sir Marty. That's a joke for you. Uh. So anyway, I, I look. I, I think all that needs to be said is in the set list and in the show itself. So I say we just let the show begin.
song kind of kind of starting to get you to rise get you to ease this in pendulum of the girl small town it's a pretty good way to kind of get you get you kind of adjusted get you kind of ready of the girl is a is an interesting song and and a rare song so you're like okay not sure what's to come here anything could happen you get small town and small town you start singing along and okay this crowd is really starting to get pumped up and this is this is just the the very very beginning of something that's going to be extraordinary for this night. Yeah, it's it's cool because you you know you get the three song slow burn and it's cool because you get pendulum which is kind of like the the normal intro. Then you get a rare one. You know I mentioned you you know if you go to the live footsteps page for this you'll see of the girl is the first of those twelve tour debuts and that's. That's like one out of every three songs they had not yet played on this tour, which is amazing. And then you get the small town, which is like you're getting the crowd into it. So it's a very well done opening three. Like, you know, normally you might get, you know, you might get three crowd favorites. You might get two rare ones in one. But I like the way this is kind of spaced out. But for me, Pendulum sounded great. You know, Mike obviously using the bow. Stone was really into it, which I thought was really cool to see. And yeah, just uh, Pendulum of the Girl is a great underrated two-song open, and then Small Smooth Town gets, gets everyone into it. Yeah, very, very cool opening yes. three here. Let's point out in, in Of the Girl this little moment that, that Mike and Ed have. really funny and it just shows yeah. that from the jump they're they're just loose with this they're like they're, yeah, and they should say too there's there's a very good video for this show on youtube yes like, it's one of those Watch where it. i think it's i forget i forget who the the people is who put it together but they did a very good job they better than nothing videos. All the clips. right there it is they spliced all the clips together put the official audio to it and it, it sounds great it looks great yep. makes you really feel like you're there it absolutely does great three to start the show gets you right in you want to kick off you want to get the energy in break or fall you already got a binaural song why not get another right in your top four break or fall okay this has to be the reason why this is to start this show the beginning of the song is i can see for miles it is directly taken from that i believe ed has either alluded to it or has just flat out admitted it but that has to be the reason why you're kickstarting with Break or Fall on your show. 
Am I right? Yeah, I mean, and we'll we'll talk about all the. There's a lot of who references, but there's more than we even know about. You know, there's stuff that he threw in there that only he knows. And this is yeah. We don't. I don't think we've ever mentioned that on the show. Like the breaker fall, I can see from Miles Collect, uh, connection. No, I I yeah. never really read about it. But yeah, it makes total sense. You get that kind of like opening ringing intro. Yeah, I get that. It's something that Brandon and I talked about on his Better Band episode, and I, I think probably the day that I was doing research for that, I, I just I put two and two together. I didn't even recognize it until I read it. I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I like it even more now. These little subtle things that you learn about how songs are created when when you kind of get like get into the kitchen and see how the sauce is made, like it makes you appreciate it even more. It makes you love the songs even more. So. Break or Fall, definitely a great moment here. Hail, hail, once, mind your manners, all in the section. Um, w- once, I think, we, we have to kind of uh, point this out here because it seems like Ed caught somebody in the crowd uh, misbehaving a little bit. see what it is but it seemed like it got it got taken care of very quickly which is good but yeah to me it was it was jeff on these two like starting with break and fall into hail hail jeff sounded amazing he was really going for it and really like really stood out to me on those two songs sounded very very good yeah hail hail like i give a lot of credit to hail hail at the show really good singing on hail hail uh like before Hail Hail starts, this is a, a continued theme. There are a couple of continued themes of the show. A basketball is thrown on stage and yeah, yeah. quickly tossed back, but uh, the basketball will come back and we will let you know what it does. Uh, but, like, this is you want to build up to something, you want to get even a couple of these, like, once is not the most popular song off 10. Hail Hail feels like, ah, no code, you get something a little rare. Minor Manners is like, okay, the, the, new, the new fast one. You, you can tell at this point this show is going to be a hell of a ride. And uh, the way they get out of this, Ed is on on stage addressing the crowd after seven songs to kick this off. He holds up a piece of paper, starts reading in Dutch, and says, Ah, fuck, that's the wrong paper. And I think that's a, a nod to the Worker show the night before where he had to read to the crowd in Dutch, if I'm not mistaken. So, hmm. yeah. This is yeah. Good to be at Leeds. 29th England show for them, and it's the second show at Leeds. And okay, so there's we have to talk about that because it's a little bit misleading. A lot of people will look back to the Leeds Festival show of uh, 2006, and that's actually pretty important because that's the first festival show that they played since Roskilde. So that has an important moment in Pearl Jam's history. However, I was told by your good friend Alex Hoggard that that is not necessarily Leeds. That is Weatherby. So it's there's potential here that when Ed brings this up the second time they played at Leeds, that the Bradford show from February 27th in 1992 was actually much closer to Leeds than the Leeds Festival was. It's interesting. Yeah, they're both, you know, we again, we looked it up. And they're they're both kind of suburbs. Like if you think of Seattle, Weatherby would be like Olympia. And like if you if you're playing Olympia, you're playing Olympia. You're not playing mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah. And you know, 
Bradford would be like you're playing uh, what's the place where uh, where Cobain was was from Aberdeen. I uh, forget the Aberdeen. That would be like Aberdeen. So they're both kind of like suburban kind of in the Bradford is more like in the metro kind of Leeds area. I think it's like it's a little closer than Weatherby is and it's a little bigger of a town. And Weatherby's like oh, far away from the city and more like further out in the in the country area, I think. So yeah, I think this technically this is the first time they played the city of Leeds. Yep. Right. So and this has to be a dream come true to Ed and obviously for obvious reasons it's going to it's going to show and they put the set list together to make sure that people get to listen to the show the same way he got to listen to the Who show for so many so many years when he was growing now, up getting are, into this thing. Here's here's the thing. Are you surprised that they didn't do an album at this show? Because, you know, live at Leeds, they do Ooh, Tommy. Yeah. Would this have been, because this was before Moline, before Milwaukee. Are you, I'm kind of going back. I'm kind of a little shocked they didn't bust out a whole album at this show. Uh, I'm not surprised because this kind of seems like the show that you want to bring in everything. You want to bring in the dogs. You want to bring in the no code, the binaural era, the riot act era songs. You want to get a mix of every single thing that they've done to just 36 songs. You still could. Yeah. I I know that, but you, you, you put a full album in this and it totally changes the conversation. I think that this is special on, on its own. I, I, I wouldn't even know which album it would be. To tell you the truth, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't change this a thing before about before that all started. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing about Just throwing this it out there. I, I, fair point. That's a fair yeah. point. I like that Moline was the place where that all kicked off because it was completely unexpected. Leeds would have been a little bit more expected. That would have been like, okay, okay, we we get it, Ed. Like you're you're paying tribute to the Who. Moline is like, oh. Moline, really? Okay, yeah. and I guess I'll get tickets to the next bumfuck town. Sorry, Moline people, but that's it's kind of how it is. Uh, send, send your letters to Randy Sobel, care of Live on Four Legs. Uh, anywho, uh, he says we get here and it's like a perfect fit club down here, very close arena over there. Then it gets to back there and it feels so close. Goldilocks only had one bowl of porridge that was right, and this is like that. You get into a trio of songs over here, Lightning Bolt, Tremor Christ, and Wishlist. The crowd is is feeling the title track, it feels like. There's a lot of clapping, a lot of high energy from Lightning Bolt. Uh, Mike sounds terrific on it. The Vitalogy song of Tremor Christ, we've talked a lot about it lately because... We've talked about Jack versions from Piss Bottom, and last week we talked about the Jack version from uh, uh, the Showbox show. This is a little bit different of a Tremor Christ. It's a little bit tuned down. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit more eerie. You don't have that same, like, booming Tom vibe that you necessarily did with Jack. And then Wishlist, too. Wishlist is actually really tight, I thought. Like, they didn't extend the outro at all, but they kept it really evenly paced and they didn't rush it. I thought that was a fantastic performance. This whole section was pretty excellent. Pretty perfect, to be honest with you. Yeah, and this just occurred to me, too, while you were talking. I think Tremor Christ is the only song from Vitalogy at this show. They didn't do Corduroy or Better Man at this show? They did not. Holy cow. How many times has that happened? 
where Tremor Christ is the only song from Vitalogy that gets played at a show. That is insane. I'm pissed at myself for just realizing that now. Oh my god. Honestly, like, in my mind, I I was going to say, oh yeah, when we get to Corduroy in the show, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the the Corduroy from over the weekend, but there ain't no Corduroy here. It's Breakerfall and Ghost. That's what we got. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, I thought thought Tremor Price was good. You know, that's one that if you get it in the 2010s, then you're kind of like, are they going to be able to get through it? Like, how's it going to go? But but it sounded good. And again, Wishlist, another underrated song, I think, that that people sometimes kind of forget about and skip over. But yeah, I like this little section a lot. Tremor Christ is one of the ones that I can accept being down to a little bit. It still has its mystique to it. When you get to other songs, and I don't want to even have that conversation. I'm, I'm in a, I'm in good spirits right now. We don't have to have that conversation. But other songs don't necessarily have that. Trumpet Christ absolutely does. Uh, all right. So this is fun here. I've been saving this. I didn't tell you what I was gonna bring to the table with this, but I got something for you. Ed asked for somebody showing him something on their phone. Oh yeah, it's the phone person on this. I forgot about this part. Uh, it was word scrolling. I couldn't tell you what it was the words but ed said oh okay cool i'll give this to my daughter and he keeps the phone on the stage i i believe right. i believe that his family was on tour with him for this i believe that harper olivia yeah. and jill were, were there yeah. with him uh there was another there was another show in 2014 where i think he mentions that um, yeah, they, they, they can afford to do that. They can afford to bring them along. Well, yeah. It's a European <laughs> vacation in June, yeah. July, of course. Uh, uh, we need to un- uncover the mystery of the basketball person because the basketball is back on stage. So we have yeah. the Live and Four Legs detective crew is working overtime with this show. Basketball person, phone person, reach out to Live on Four Legs podcast at gmail.com or any of the socials. Please, we, we would love to know your story and then share your story with everybody else. So here's uh, Ed mentions that uh, we're getting all these gifts. And he says, Mike and 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 Jill, his wife, would look good in, in that blouse in front. He's asking for things now. And he asked Mike, have you ever been naked in Leeds? And Mike responds, well, just Germany and, and Dublin. Well, he's not wrong. Rolling Stone article, 1993, Cameron Crowe yeah. wrote, Elsewhere, yeah. there are rumors that McCready has fallen off the wagon, running naked through the streets of Dublin late the night before. McCready, shopping for bootleg tapes today, does not confirm or deny this behind his reflector shades. I love this place. I remember reading that. Yep. <laughs> that is a really cool, fun callback. Fantastic. And how about Mike with the basketball skills, too? Because he, like... The he basketball kind of yeah. like Ed like fumbles it, and Mike has to go like he's got the guitar hanging, and he like does a little like short dribble or dribble and gets it back to Ed. Like, well done. Back to their pickup days, ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice job, Mike. Uh, so we get in another section here. Let's get some rarities out of the way. Who you are and Ghost. We just talked about who you are last week, the debut actually, and this is. This is a great time for this to pop up because there's so many different aspects that, that we can talk about. So how, how does this kind of uh, compare contrast to the uh, to the original? Well, like you obviously you take Jack away, you kind of you almost kind of rip out the heart of this song. So then there's like it's there's a missing part. So someone has to step in to fill that to like 
to find the heart of the song. I think it's Ed here. He really gets into it. I, I love kind of the triumphant feel of the end of it. And I, this is one that, yeah, you know, the 90, the 96 versions with Jack are great, but this is one where, you know, kind of similar to In My Tree, when In My Tree came back and they reworked it a little bit, and it's a, it's still very good. It's, it's a little bit more triumphant. It's a little more Ed-focused than, than Jack-focused, and, yeah, I did, didn't mind it at all. I, I love this. Yeah, you know, I, I actually was wondering if one of the guitars was off a little bit. I was wondering where Mike's sound was because it sounded like usually you kind of get that heaviness like there's like an extra chord strum or something in there like it felt like it was miss it was a little bit lighter than other versions and even other versions in more of a modern day era and not just 96 yeah and again with with the song being what it is it's it's such a weird song for them like that that doesn't even i think i don't even think that that affected it for me probably not yeah no i didn't it was just a you know observation from listening to thousands yeah. of bootlegs like it's yeah but like, again, like right before it starts ed like somebody I, th- I think it was ed plays a plays a note and you're like what was that note like right that didn't sound like anything and then they kick into who you are and it's like oh okay that's that's from that like that's mm-hmm. he was he was making sure he was in the right in the right key or whatever for it so yeah that's that's interesting i i remember like hearing that guitar and being like oh that sounds wrong but then oh it's who you are of course well they know what they're doing they got, they got this, John. I, I don't know. I don't know if you knew, but they were a 24 year old band at the time. <laughs> I think right. I think the new they don't they need they don't need me to tell them that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You can tell them other things if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Ghost is following up, and that's a nice surprise. They hadn't played that in 49 shows since 2012. Uh, for a song like that, they always seem to think they can't play it, but I thought it sounded great. Even when Ed comes in for the bridge way too early and acknowledges that. He almost made it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like that's that's fine. It brings to the allure of the show. And again, yeah. like him bringing it up is like, oh, we almost got it. And then he's like, all right, since I fucked it up, we need to take a selfie. Goes back to the phone that he kept on stage. Him and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff wrote the song, so might as well get Jeff in the picture too. Here's the selfie. Well, uh, I have that photo. Somebody sent me the photo, so I. Will, it's on the uh, video. If you watch the video, it, it is. Show it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's been circulated around everywhere. So I will share it this week if I hadn't already at this point on our social media pages. Get you guys hyped and excited for this. But yeah, and, Cameron Cameron on Ghost sounded great too. I thought he got a lot of credit for keeping that thing together. Mm. That that because that's a tough song, and I I always look look at Matt. He's he really did a did a good job of, of driving it. And it was yeah, it was I was pulling for Ed to to nail it at the end, but just didn't come off. But that's, that's still still very good. Right, I, I like the song. Underrated. Yeah, I honestly like every time it comes up, you're kind of you're finding new aspects that like I was saying before, uh, you can find new little pieces to 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 enjoy about songs that maybe you haven't heard from the record, because how many versions of Ghost are there out there? Less than 20. So actually, 
let's 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 uh let's open up live footsteps here livefootsteps.org all of our stats by the way come from livefootsteps.org so if you want to look stuff up and you want to get numbers for things like we usually do this is not like insider information livefootsteps.org is the oh, yeah. place it's, it's to the go for this. it's the bible for people like us doing this 100% go, i was and i was wrong this was actually the 17th performance of ghost and they had played it four more times 21 is the total number that they've played. Uh, I saw one of them. Yep. Uh, zero for me. But anyway, that I am I am not doing well on my Riot Act album. That's for sure. Maybe no. Yeah. You know what? I have all or none, and I have thumbing my way. I'm doing all right. I'm okay. doing all right. It's okay. it's binaural that I need. Uh, all right. Even flow. Like this is a show where, of course, the big arena classics are just gonna fit in like a glove and. You have to go back to these crowd moments. The, the throwing the mic in the stage and, and giving the kid. And, and this crowd was due because it had been really since small towns since they'd had a chance to really seriously lose, you know yeah so once once maybe but yeah like even sometimes wishless you get possibly yeah you get stone and jeff playing together which is always cool to see but yeah it's the, the story here is the crowd they they were super into it and you could you know you see them all just like you you hear them at the end it sounded great like it's it's a great 2014 even flow Yep, and uh, inspired by some Stonehenge shit, apparently. That's Mike McCready <laughs> over there. Uh, and he uh, he s- says, everybody, good good singing out there. Good singing in the back. We'll pay you all $10 to come to Milton Keynes on Friday, which is another show that's been requested, and uh, like, multiple times. And another show that so many people love. And I think it's th- that it's still in recent history, and, and obviously it's the UK, so a lot of people are from the UK and they're going to remember that stuff. So Milton key, we're going to get to you, Milton keys. We'll get to you, but today, today's leads, today's leads. Uh, so he jokes about the last song being the last of the evening because he's, he said, uh, he was trying to say that this next song was the last song and then he got cut off, but he meant to say the last song that they wrote for the record lightning bolt and, uh, some moron screams even flow. Right. Did he did he did he pick the wrong time to go to the bathroom? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And and obviously we just played that asshole, so yeah. Pick no, picked the wrong time to have seventeen beers before the show. Seriously, no more drinks for that guy. Uh but that that song of course is Sirens. And uh you get a really emotional version of Sirens here where again the crowd is feeding off that even flow energy and takes over at the end of the song, I don't 
feel like I've ever heard. And there are two little moments here. There's the ah, oh, oh part that kind of is that outro thing. And I think they were just kind of, yeah. Yeah, they were just starting to get that. I feel like on, on the US tour, uh, that later that year, I feel like that was the first time I heard it in Memphis. But I'm wondering if, you know, through the evolution of this, if maybe some of these European shows were the first time that they were doing it. Yeah, maybe. And he even does a little improv there too. He goes goes off a little bit, singing on, which, for is, your which love. is really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, very, very. Uh, cool. I, I like that a lot. This is a really good version of Sirens. The, the crowd really dictated this enti- entire part. Uh, and at the end, the song's over, and the crowd's like, no, it ain't. We're, we're still going. Fantastic. Good job, Leeds. You're, you're doing well. We're only like, what, 13 songs in? You're doing fantastic. Uh, and Ed says, this is this feels like the kind of room where you can play anything you'd like. Anything happens to be push me, pull me. <laughs> that's really, that's an <laughs> anything you'd like kind of song. Yeah. yeah. Weirdest of the weird. And I know you love the weird. I love yeah. some weird. But, however, if... This is considered the weirdest of the weird. I love this song. All the oceans made me, but but who came up with love? Push me, pull me, push me, pull me, pull me out. Push me, pull me. Push me, pull me. So if there are no Oh, you better stop it, I better stop it, stop it before I begin But all of them they say, before I'm ahead If I'm ahead, you arrange it, make just hole in the ground Somewhere nice, make it nice, where the land meets high tide Oh, 
Pokemon Live. They've only played it an anemic 13 times because, of course, it, it's the back half of the yield, and a lot of those yield songs didn't get played after Jack, really. And it, it just kind of became like a novelty around this era, which is great because, hey, somebody like me, I got it twice. I've listened to it twice. I've heard it twice in a show. So, yeah. and that means, like, John, hey, for, for, for me, I can say I'm chasing Ghost, and you, you can say you're chasing Push Me, Pull Me, and then... Sure, we, oh, I'd love to hear this. We, we get to a show together in St. Louis or Nashville, wherever we are next, and they play both Ghost and Push Me, Pull Me. We're out there high-fiving at the end. <laughs> yeah, this one hasn't been played since Milwaukee, which is a little bit mm-hmm. of a surprise. Didn't show up at all in 2016, didn't show up at all in 2018, so hope it's hope it's not one that's, that's lost, but... Oh, yeah, this is, this is great. You know, and, you know, we... I wish that they would kind of do the more original version, get a get a little funkier with it, and a little weirder with it. Right. But yeah. I, st- I still love the punk rock version of it. It's still very cool. And I, I'm the glad bass they play is still it. So in, yeah. good too. Oh yeah, I love this. Yeah. Yep. the The least common song on Yield is followed up with the most common song on Yield, and it just it fits in. It works. It works together because. Honestly, Push Me Pull Me is going to have a lot of people just kind of scratching their head, like, "All right, well, let's 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 enjoy and let's let's get into this." But it, it's a it's not a song that really gets you a call and response. But Evolution, okay, it's Evolution, baby. Let's get into it. Uh, and it's song number sixteen. And Ed's, I just want to give all credit to Ed's voice here. It sounds like he's he's fresh. It sounds like he's just starting the night, and uh, that that's another alert to the show that there's is barely a blemish in that aspect. This is a great Ed show, you know. We and we, we talked about that all. We haven't talked about that a lot recently, like how mm. you know some this will be a Mike show or this will be a Jeff show, but this show is an Ed show. And, you know, you go back to the live leads, that whole thing. Like mm-hmm. this is one where he was he was he was amped up, you know, from the beginning. And this is this is a really good standout Ed show. Tailored to be an Ed show. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful church. We sing in the choir. Like there are moments he, he is connecting with this crowd, and he keeps bringing in the idea that he loves being there is is enough to to make him just bring out this energy and bring out the best. Yeah, and you're get they're they're getting that energy from the crowd because, like you mentioned, the crowd is so close. They can really feed off the crowd. I think that really adds the energy of these shows. You know, when the when the when the crowd is up front, you can see faces and you can interact with people. And like, you know, I've I've been at shows where I've been on the the front row and been you know six eight feet away. And yeah, you want you you just want to keep feeding that energy to them so they can they can keep going. Yeah, there's there's a great energy between between him and the crowd at this show. Absolutely, that's a, that's a good point. Absolutely. And look, hey, we said we were gonna get weird with Push Me Pull Me. Uh, two songs later, and we're gonna get really weird again because there's nobody weirder than Stone Carpenter Gossard. And uh, Ed's, Ed says, oh, I don't think I know your middle name. And uh, <laughs> I, I think everybody kind of knows the, the alias of Car- Carpenter Newton at this point. And Ed, even after the song, makes 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 note of that. Uh, but what did Stone say? Did he say, well, I don't even know, what, what's your middle name? And, and Ed said, oh, it's, it's Jerome or, or Warren or something. Yeah, that's a little hint, you know, if you... If you go back and look like some of the art on the records, like oh, concept by Jerome oh, yeah. Turner or Carpenter Turner. Newton, that's that's a little hint for those for those people there, little aliases of of the band there. That's a little cool Easter egg. But yeah, like <laughs> Stone's always great. Like he he's he's living in the moment here. Like don't give me no lip, love it, fantastic. And mankind is always one that like eh, again like kind of Tremor Christ. Like uh, you never know if they're gonna make it through, but. 
Don't give me no lip is one that they they never they don't seem to have so many problems with. So yeah, very cool. Aside, aside from that one, I think it was the debut version in Ottawa where Stone screamed out to Ed, "Bridge, bridge, bridge!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah and and that, even that sounded great. Yeah, this is this is quick, enjoyable, like fun, upbeat performance. Only the eleventh performance of all time. Another checkbox kind of song from the show, but awesome. Just fits in with everything going on. another one that you almost never hear anymore in, in this day and age and that that's army reserve and ed kind of beforehand mentions uh so like war profiteering and talking about war and mentions this song is about uh you know uh, about the soldiers and kind of the the aftermath of it and this was a cool little kind of flip of the switch for the show just for like maybe a two song section here uh, Army Reserve was very, very good, and that's not something I usually say about this song, but the ending just, it felt like they were able to kind of, kind of meld something different together, something unique. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it came out of nowhere, like, you coming off of, of Don't Give Me No Lip, and you've gotten all these rare ones, you've gotten Push Me, Pull Me, you've gotten Who You Are, you've gotten Ghost, you've gotten Tremor Christ, you've gotten Break or Fall, like, Army Reserve kind of kind of comes out of nowhere as this like really standout performance in this main set yeah there's a great mic solo at the end ed's really into it the you know matt and jeff are locked in and it reminded me of kind of what you know i was talking about i am mine and like i kind of want that song Mm. to be unleashed like this was kind of army reserve kind of being unleashed i thought it was great this this is my favorite performance of army reserve i've ever heard including the album version yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Like, I, I was really digging this one, and it's usually one that when it does come up, I'm just kind of like, all right, let's 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 see what happens. Yeah. And, and this might be in my bottom ten of like studio versions. I, yeah. I don't love this song, but this like this really jumped out and as as being very very good. Same here. It hits me at different moments at different times, but it's definitely not one that I think about very often. But it, it, it like right now, it's kind of it's creeping its way into my headspace again because something like this can can definitely make it relevant. And you're right, the ending, Mike just crescendos, and it's just an extra touch, a little bit spacey, a little bit jammy, fantastic. I mean, another, another great performance for Leeds. Like that's. Is, is that the rearview mirror quote of this episode? No, just another great performance for Leeds. And you know, we, we, there's so many from the show that we could do a song appreciation on one, but I'm I'm going to say Army Reserve because that's one that we, we hardly, when we talk about it, we almost kind of like never really give it a, a minute. But yeah. I think for this, I think this is probably the best version of it. So good, good time to make it, I think.
in a second, we're going to appreciate something real weird. But before we get to that, let's uh, let's appreciate the fact that on this tour, they had never played present tense before this show. How how did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, the tour debut was was at least and maybe yeah. they were just waiting for this moment. Maybe they it was one of those things where it's like, OK, we got to get to a big show. This got to if people are following us all summer, then this is one that maybe maybe they're waiting on and maybe they're thinking about like, all right, let's do other rare ones these nights. Uh, and I guess it makes sense because present tense is, is just fantastic. Like it, it, it always finds its way to, to, to get the crowd involved, to get the band kind of built into the bridge, getting a little craziness on the drums and percussion afterwards. That's very good version. Like, again, there's probably no bad version of, of a song at Leeds. Present tense, like, again, one of the, one of the great songs and one that's in our minds now, since, you know, everything from the uh from the bulls documentary and everything it's one that's definitely always talk about it's got those those up green arrows on it and it's jumping up everybody's list but yeah really cool to hear i can't believe they they hadn't played it in that this year since it's that's not going to happen the next tour don't no, worry yeah no yeah this is going to come up and when it does it's going to be one of those moments so yeah. wait wait for it absolutely but afterwards the crowd got stoned to sing and usually there's a let stone sing chant but how often do we get the Let Jeff Sing chant? He already sang. Oh, Jeff. Dude, you... The constituency has spoken, Jeff. You must sing. Give us a little something. How about, how about something from... Like Swedish pop hits of the 70s, maybe a little Fernando by Abba. Come on. Because, see, look, all you gotta do is start it and they'll sing. There was something in the air the stars There was something in me. Okay, if I could do that, you could do Come on. Fernando. Fernando. I, I, don't, I don't know the lyrics of Fernando. But yeah, yeah. It's just one of those songs that any anytime that ABBA plays, I just kind of roll my <laughs> eyes and I check out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, him in the crowd. about Fernando before. There's, there's been some. Yes. Like, the, the Seattle this is one that they go back to, yeah, Sa- Safeco, yeah, that that yeah. that's the one that sticks out to me because they fuck up yeah. Rear Vermeer and they're like, well, Fernando, like that. It was just so freaking random at that moment, uh, and maybe that was because there was something happening with Jeff and and he looked over at Jeff and I, I have no idea, but uh, Ed just does such a great job of keeping his ear open and interacting with the crowd uh, when they're at their best and. Uh, yeah, it gets you into a great version of giving a fly. Yeah, like really, not. really funny moment there. And again, like just shows that you know you gotta get these off the cuff moments that kind of make these shows those little intangible things that yes, that people can remember and take away from it. Yeah, very cool. Ed has said that before. He said the the things that surprise you the most are the memorable moments from the show. Like a lot of people that 
went to the show the leads they're gonna bring up fernando and they're gonna start laughing their ass off because well when when did you think that abba would uh would get brought up at a program right, show right never and it's happened more than twice uh so given a fly the crowd jumping up and down getting intense with it and uh ed over to mike's side singing near him and it just it's radiant you just feel that energy it's great yeah again they've been waiting since probably evolution and even flow for another big crowd moment because yeah present tense is, is great but again in 2014 it wasn't what it is now so my, my lot of, that's a deep cut so maybe a lot of people didn't know it and then you know army reserve and don't give me no lip are not great crowd moments so right. yeah this was this was another one for the the crowd to just let loose here and you know they they they're again it's that wave that like that builds builds and then crests and crashes and give them to fly as the crash where everyone just gets to jump around and release that energy yeah really really well done Silas construction here with all the rare songs spliced in with all the kind of the fan favorites great a, absolutely a plus after giving a fly ed introduces setting forth as being one of matt's favorite songs that ed mentions the second time they played leads again but he spent a large amount of time at leads listening to a record called live at leads a thousands and thousands of times it's they play a little who snippet they play a little young man blues and that sounds really good that sounds good and uh you know they're getting into it a little bit and ed you think oh this is a good time for him to kind of pull out a little bit of roger daltrey but what does he do john there was something Of course, wasn't as popular as the Who's. Uh, but look again, him bringing this up and the just the influence that that record had on him as a, a young fan of music and intaking all this. Like you said, it's highly regarded as one of the best live records of all time. And of course, a young Eddie Vedder is going to just fawn over just Pete Townsend and Keith Moon and John Entwistle and Roger Daltrey all just clicking on all cylinders for this basically six song record. It's not really six songs, but you look at the track listing, it is. Uh, So we get setting forth back to back transitioning in with rear view mirror. And that is your whopping 22 song main set. It boggles my mind that there's no DVD for this show. It just does like this would have would have been a perfect time to just flip to the second disc and and get to the second half of the show because there's so much more to go. And But look, Rearview Mirror, man, uh, Stone, that little melody that he's got throughout that and bridge and that powerhouse drive on it. Perfect way to cap off just an incredible main set jam packed and Rearview Mirror just doesn't let up. It, it's it, again, you want a good, strong closer to an already very memorable night that people are like what the hell how the hell can they top this this is the the experience that this is familiar to me from my show experience this is this is kind of like msg in 2010 i would think for you this would be kind of like the second night right a little bit a little bit yeah kind of that. just rearview mirror is amazing at this like again we we kind of gloss over it sometimes right oh it's another great version but just it's got everything you want and setting forth as an intro to rearview mirror i love 
and you know we, we could we could talk about every band member on this and how good they were on it it's it's a full a full band experience and like just again, the, the culmination of this main set like I said 22 songs how many times does that happen not very often no it's and so the, rare the ride that this main set takes you on with all the rare stuff all the fan favorite stuff all the the little inside jokes and the the who stuff and just yeah rearview mirror is the culmination of all of that and it's if, if this was the end of the show it would it would still have been great but there's still a lot left to go let's let's kind of take a second here to kind of put ourselves in their shoes in just a crowd member's shoes at this point and you'd have to say to yourself what the hell did we just witness what was that all time like, you, you you're thinking this is going to be one of the great shows of all time immediately and yeah. you know that it's going to get better from here you just know you have this vibe that it's not over from this point and uh, oh boy we got so much more to get to and we're about to get to something really 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 uh oh my god we're just gonna get to it but um let's let's pause for station identification first talk a little bit about patreon and uh look we're uh you know patreon is our place if you want to donate and uh contribute to the show that's where to do it that's where we have our exclusive episodes the evolution shows the set list drafts and the bridge school shows and we're going to be doing a lot more i i'm gonna be honest with you guys like it's 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 gonna be tough for me for a little bit um because i'm you know we're, we're about to have a baby in, in about two months so uh, we're going to try to get you some, some stuff in the can and, and maybe kind of hold, hold some stuff for you for, for the summer. And we'll see what we can do with that. We got hard to imagine that we're planning on doing pretty soon. And then after that, hopefully we can get you is definitely, definitely finishing up the bridge and, uh, maybe, maybe we'll find a way to get you a couple more in here and there. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff. And like, like I said, there's always stuff coming down the pike there. And, and do, I don't think we have any new patrons this week, do we? We do not, no, and and yeah. that's totally fine because yeah. we had like nine the last two weeks. So, John, want to uh, talk a little bit about the tiers? Like, hey, what what can you all get from this? Like, this I mentioned the episodes, but there's a little bit more, isn't there? Yeah. So, if you're not familiar with Patreon, if like you you kind of hear people talk about it, but you're not sure what it is, you're not sure how it how it works. It's just a way for people to to support the show. Um, we have three different ways to do that. If you if you hear us, you know you hear us talk about these evolution episodes and set list drafts and all that, and you're interested in that, you feel like you want to listen. The way to get access to that, you go to Patreon.com/slash/Live on Four Legs or search for Live on Four Legs on the Patreon app. You can donate one dollar a month. You become a bonus leg, and you have access to all that extra audio content. It's all on there. Everything we've done, going back to the beginning. So that's all there, you know, hours upon hours upon hours of content for you to listen to. It's good stuff, guys. If you if you feel like you you want to do a little more, maybe there's a, a Pearl Jam show that you've been to that we haven't talked about, or there's a show that, that you really like, a bootleg that you really like, that you feel like doesn't get enough attention. We have the five, the $5 tier. You become a giga leg. Then you can suggest a show for us to cover. Perhaps come on the show with us and talk about it. We have a lot of people that have done that. We got a lot of shows. We're doing a lot of shows this year for for our patrons. We got a a huge backlog now. We're going through it. That, like you said at the beginning, this is one that people have requested from the very beginning, and and here we are talking about it, and it's fantastic. It's it's it lives we're up to the one, expectations for sure. We're doing one next week. We're do we're doing yeah. a patron episode next week. We'll That's let right. you know what that is at the end of the show. 
and uh, and then you know for the people who are who are really into it and really want to support the show at a, at a extreme level, we have the Horizon Leg for people who donate ten dollars a month. Those are people who are you know supporting our Concertpedia project, the website live on four legs which is going to be coming soon. Uh, those people are going to get kind of an executive producer credit on that website. Uh, they're they're getting a profile episode. You guys have maybe heard some of those that we've done. Uh, we're going to have some more coming up hopefully very soon, and uh, yeah, then and more stuff to be to be determined. And you know, for our patrons, you know, and it, this isn't patron only, but our Discord. I'll, I'll always throw in a, a link to our Discord. There's always cool conversation going on there with people. It's if you're into Discord, email us and we'll send you a link. And uh, there's there's always like kind of extra stuff going on there. It's a cool little compliment to the show. So that's Patreon. You know, check it out if you haven't. And then, you know, like I always say, you know, jump in if you want to hear that extra content. Jump in at $1. See if you like it. If you don't, great. You know, you, you gave it a chance, and and we appreciate that. But, yeah, thanks to all our patrons who continue to support the show. It absolutely uh, absolutely make makes our year every time. And for all you Horizon Leg people out there, uh, we're going to start working on our profiles for the Concertpedia page. We'll reach yeah. out to you with more information on that. And we also have something coming down the pike uh, that hopefully will be a cool little treat for you and guys. And we've got a, we got a party coming in. soon too, right? That, yes, the party. Uh, yeah. Hopefully by the time that we get the party, the party is going to be some point in June. We will let you know. we got to get the band situated. we got to get the website situated. But we kind of want to make this the introduction to our website at this party. It's going to be sometime in June. Make your reservations. It's not patron only, but we, we would like as many people as possible to come. Yeah. So please reach out to us if you would like to be a part. So all great stuff, all great stuff. And let's uh, patreon.com slash live and four legs or search live and four legs on the Patreon app. All right. So starting off the encore here, the stools and the chairs are out and Ed welcomes them to the second show because really, yeah, that, that, that was one show that was longer than, than most shows from 1993. Right. <laughs> uh, so he introduces them to a friend named Simon uh, from Ireland who makes the guitar sound good. They're always, I mean, this has happened a couple times at this show. They'll happen later. They're just giving shout outs to, to their crew here. Ed talks about here cancer and he talks about it being a roller coaster and it's, it's extremely difficult for everyone on the ride. There's a young man who wasn't given a fair fight and he mentions his uncle John who died before the tour and he was wearing his Walter Payton shirt, the number number 34, uh, at his bedside before he went. And he was wearing that for most of the tour. And you've seen him. He's either wearing Roberto Clemente or he's wearing Walter, Walter Payton. And uh, I believe this might be the same uncle that took him to all those Cubs games that we've heard stories right. about. So, right. so the next song is, is dedicated to Jonathan. But I um, uh, this is going to be really hard. Um, this week, this weekend, we, we lost a good friend. Our, our friend Frank, um, was going through a battle of pancreatic cancer and throughout the time he, t- he told us like, I don't know, the, around la- the end of last summer and, and seeing Ed wear the Roberto Clemente shirt, cause that's what I'm doing right now. I have my Roberto Clemente shirt on because because of Frank. Like he he was uh, like 
I don't even know, like, people like that are the kind of people that you keep your keep into, into your life and you just remember things. Like, he's he just messaged me one day. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm heading to Pittsburgh. I'm going to the Roberto Clemente Museum. Do you want the Ed shirt? Do you want the Roberto Clemente shirt? I said, oh, sure, that would be great. What's your PayPal? And he's like, no, I got, I got you. I'm like, what? I didn't, I didn't, we didn't do stuff like this for that. We did, we just, this podcast thing, like we, we did it to, we did it to kind of relive the memories and like, I didn't expect things like this to happen and, and stuff like this has happened more and more. People have sent a lot of gifts and I, I don't ask for gifts and I, but I appreciate them so much. I like, I, and I keep them because gifts are very important. Um, and it, it just shows that people have appreciated what we've worked extremely hard to do, but we, we lost Frank this weekend and it's incredibly difficult because throughout the whole entire ride you know we're just talking to him back and forth and he's telling us he's going through chemo and things are kind of hard and you know he had an episode request the, he had the Ann Arbor episode I mean that's something just go listen to that one just for him and um I wanted to kind of expedite that and make sure that we got that in early this year you know just in case because I wanted to make him feel good I wanted him to to relive that memory and he wrote back to us and he was like that was great you got like thank you for that it's the small things just help so much i you know in situations like this you try to do anything you can from just little things just sending bootlegs to just make people happy you don't know what they're going through you're not sitting with them i'm just messaging him on twitter that's all i'm doing it's not even a phone call. It's not even a text. You just all you all you want is just to to just to hear that that he's just trying to get through it. That like you can do the little things just to make him feel good during this time. And we sent him some bootlegs, and he was so gracious for it. And we ended up sending him a shirt. Andrew Taylor uh, from Taylor Prince. You guys know Andrew. He he's great, and he he mocked up our, our, our art that we did for the website and, uh, he put it on, on his, uh, on his shop. He put the shirt on a shop and told me, I'll give you a free code. You send it anyway, send it to Frank. And I didn't tell him I was sending it to him. It was around Christmas time and he got back to him. He's, he was so overjoyed. And it's just, those are the type of things like people going through that. Like you just, you want to make them feel as good as possible at the end of their life as they possibly can. That even that I didn't freaking know him. We were connected through this band. That's the only thing that connected us was through this band. I never even seen his face. This one is dedicated to Frank. Man of the hour.
Tidal waves don't beg forgiveness, grasping on their way. Father, he enjoyed collisions, young men walked away. A snowflake falls in May. In the doors are open now, as the bells are ringing out. As the man on the hour Staken his final bow Goodbye for Trying to achieve 
of the hour. Uh, it's, that's a really emotional experience right there. And it's more serious collector songs. Like all these three and even four, if you want to say, the, you know, the, the cover that's yeah. coming up. They're all just great serious collector songs. And all or none, I, I've, been, I've been thankful about to hear that live. That's only one you almost never hear. Uh, it's only the 13th time played at this show. And it's it's a teenager. And this has been out since 2003. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, we talked about, I think, the, the Ben Arroyo and how, you know, one of, what an amazing performance that was. And I think this one... Ed even cues up Mike before that solo, like, "Here we go, guys! Like, this is gonna, this is gonna be special." So yeah, oh, yeah. getting really emotive with it and everything. I thought that was really, really cool. But yeah, I love this three. And you know, I talked about at the beginning of the show, you kind of got Pendulum of the Girl in Small Town, and how that was a really well balanced three. And to get these three here, you kind of, you know, you kind of resetting here at the encore, and they're they're coming out. Yeah, rare songs blazing, man of the hour, all or none, fatal. That's that's three you you almost never get, and you almost I don't think probably not since Ben Arroyo have you gotten them all three at the same show. So oh yeah, yeah, that's, very that's very very great, cool. That's a great callback. That really is, and I wonder if that's on their mind. That something like uh, such a, a highly coveted show is showing its mark in one that they know is about to be very highly coveted as well like yeah. that's oh my god that that ed is a genius like that, that that's that's it right there but he's the man um but look you, you mentioned it that that solo he has the two solo parts in here one is a little bit emotive and bluesy and then he kind of bursts and he busts out and that's like you know that's the difference between like just kind of like sniffling and then like just outburst crying and that cry that Mike pours into boy he he digs into yeah. something deep and and it's really all or none is just an extension of man of the hour that's and you and you know Mike's getting together. he's getting energy from the crowd just like Ed is you know yeah. he benefits too from being from having the crowd right there and and getting to feed off people because that's a real thing absolutely. keep on coming the rare ones the the checkbox songs just keep on coming a young woman at her 30th show is asking for a song that takes only three minutes to play and you can see it in the video the the sign says it's my 30th show please play fatal 
And uh, I, I feel like when you see signs a lot, you see like you see Leash and you see Dirty Frank, and you, I feel like Fatal is one that you usually see as well. And it, of course, it's not it's not one that that they go to very often. This is only the sixth performance of it, but to for them in that moment to see that and just be like, all right, we're doing it. That's another added element of this show that just makes it fantastic. How good is he? How warm are his eyes? You'll see it's not a reprise. Did he too late and too tethered away to put on his suit? and when they're in a good mood those can really lead to special moments and fatal adding in the benaroya aspect that's kind of an accident because that like if they're playing it off the spot if that's uh that's her 30th show and she's holding up the sign for it then that's just all kind of almost a spiritual guide like putting it all together yeah (laughs) some crazy stuff but I love Fatal. Fatal is oh. a sneaky top top song for me. I told Brandon on Better Band, like, I don't know what he's doing with Lost Dogs. I don't know if I'm going to keep my uh, opener streak up, but Fatal is an opener, and I will. That That is one I'm, I'm holding on to very tightly. Mm, so we're gonna, we, might have to, we might have to fight over that one. Nope, there's no fight. <laughs> there's no fight. I, I, I win. I win one to nothing. Uh, it's it's so good the the lyrics uh, and it just captures a perfect mood for a song that they don't play very often uh, for them to 
for them to do that is just, I mean, speaks to speaks to all their talents. It, it, and more. What more can I say? And the last two, both Stone songs. Stone wrote two incredible uh-huh. songs that we just heard, guys. That's yeah. excellent. Stone, Stone fucking Gossard right there. And uh, the person that wrote the next song, Pete fucking Townsend, The Real Me. It's not our first Who mentioned in the night, and it's definitely not our last, but it's the first, uh, technically the first Who performance. We had a little Young Man Blues earlier, but uh, it's very obviously the dedication to Live and Leeds. Ed gets into this, and oh man, he the band is just cooking. Oh, this sounds so good. Like... You know, he even gets into the mid-verse like a little bit early. He's just like, he's almost just so overzealous with it at first. And like, I just want to get to it, get to it. And they're like, oh, it's still though. This this freaking cooks at this. Oh yeah, you can almost see like teenage Ed in his room with uh, mm-hmm. with like a jump rope or something doing the Daltrey Mike swing. Because, oh, he, he becomes Roger Daltrey in this performance. He's he's yes. channeling something and like, yeah, you, you can he's got that like teenage look on his face like yeah, th- um, um he's in his element there. It's a very very cool moment. At the end of the song, he he, uh, he straps the guitar in and he's preparing for porch here. This is this is to get into the the bluesy version of porch, which is another who callback. Yep. The bluesy my generation uh mm-hmm. and that's exactly where that comes from but that that it's almost ominous that part where like the whole the music just cuts out and it's just ed and the crowd singing and there's no it's not hokey at all there's he's not whispering he's not doing that kind of thing it's just it feels perfect and then it explodes and here's the point that i want to make about porch and make about leads and make about the who and ed and everything you listen to live at Leeds, that my generation and see me, feel me, the Tommy, everything that that is that 15 minute track encapsulated. Porch is that. That is exactly where performances of Porch, performances of Immortality, performances of Rearview Mirror, that single performance is where these come from. Yeah, and absolutely. In, in episode 129, we have figured that out. obviously become a part of Pearl Jam lore at this point, but yeah, the, the Who were, were, were a big influence on that, absolutely. And this is just, this is like, this whole show is like a love letter to the Who from Ed. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. I would not be surprised if he texted or called Pete afterwards or Roger afterwards, and he's like, you guys have to 
see what we just did. And almost maybe, maybe it's like kind of embarrassing because it's like, oh, will well, they think I'm a little, you know, a little fanboy or something like that? But uh, I don't know. This is this is a really really cool tribute, and the whole thing it's 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 Pearl Jam plays the Who, and uh, uh, you can't say enough. It, it's 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 fantastic. Um, but the phone comes back. We have to bring it back the phone, and um, you just run around the stage. He's taking selfies. He's taking pictures of the crowd, kind of like the Polaroid. And, hey, we're in 2014, so yep. now we got the cell phone picture instead of the Polaroid. Uh, the porch jam here is fantastic, of course, uh, and it's just. For whoever you are that owns that phone, uh, again, live on podcast at gmail.com if you happen to be listening, uh, please get in touch with us because I'm sure, and I, I've seen, there's another picture that went around, it was like Jeff next to one of the orbs, so uh, I'm sure you have all these pictures, but I, I would I would just love the story, just everything, what, what the note to Olivia or Harper said, everything. So, and even in this, uh, it's, you know, Ed is just just communicating with the crowd and and uh, <laughs> uh, taking the mic and saying, here you go, fucker, here's your phone back. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking shit. Uh, he finds a Cubs, a Wrigley Field banner, like, it's, and then finishes the song on the, on the barricade, singing yeah. to the hands of people reaching out to him. And how does he end this? There's no other way to end a version of Porch. We get a mic slam. We get a mic stand slam. Classic. Showstopper ends the encore, and uh, only five songs in the first encore. So that maybe people are like, "Ooh, that's interesting. What do they got? They, they're coming back out, of course. But what do they got here? Is there more? What more is there? Oh yeah, there's more, you guys. There is definitely more. There's always more." Ed I mentions, think that's that's a function of the 22 song main set. You gotta you gotta yeah. cut from somewhere. For sure, yeah, and 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 that's okay. And maybe there were a couple of improvisations. I haven't gone back and looked at like an original set list to see any cross-offs. I'm sure right. it looked like a mess, but uh, yeah. maybe that's something we'll go back at, at the end of this episode and and we'll we'll look at together. Uh, but um, yeah, second encore here. Let's 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 dive in again. Uh, Ed Ed mentions the asshole got their phone back. And uh, says everybody here is family. Like like mentioned before, we mentioned Simon, and we're gonna mention Karen and mention Neil. Uh, Neil is Cameron's tech, and Karen, I believe, is a photog, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, she was pregnant at the time, and it was also both of their birthdays. So we get a, a little happy birthday celebration. And uh, Ed, I don't know if he meant to do this, but it was it was definitely a funny moment. But he. Uh, he tries to hand her the bottle of champagne, and she just looks at him. No thanks. Got the yeah. inside me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he mentions the strangest tribe here and says, uh, "Here's Jeff on the Gibson and Stone on the bass guitar. Each find themselves on each other side and get the harmonica out. Smile." Just like the sun don't shine, just like in Seattle, Ed is having so much fun in this, singing his heart out, embellishing some of those lyrics, rocking out with the harmonica, chucking in the crowd. Yes, like, of course, come back with smile. Perfect. Yeah, and again, Jeff just nailing that, that guitar part. You can see it on his face. He's concentrating so hard. I, th- I thought it was fantastic. And again, we hadn't gotten uh, we hadn't gotten no-code songs since present tense, so... 
very cool to get another little uh, little moment here out from No Code. Very very. Hey, cool. hey, we get three in the show. That's yeah. that's real good. That's real good for a show. And I, that's just I, about I do have the I do have the original set list here. If you'd like to, if you'd like to know. All right, let's what let's cut. save it. Let's save it for later. Uh, let let's save that for the end of the episode. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. kind of share that. More Who references. Leaving here, he mentions is uh, was an early early Who song that was played before the Live at Leeds record, but this guitar they're playing the the Pete Townsend Gibson SG uh, that was the same guitar that was played on the Leeds record. It's a beautiful cherry red guitar with a black bass. And it's just uh, fantastic. And I, like, leaving here is a rocker, too. Jeff takes three of the solos. Matt finishes it out. Big, strong finish. And uh, for for the last time, this is not the last of the Who references. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love to do an Evolution episode on leaving here and go over the the All order the of this. Because that, that used to be such a big thing. Like, they would always mention that on Five Horizons. Like... Oh, it was it was Matt, it was, it was uh, Mike, then Stone, then Jeff, then Ed, like, and so so many fun moments over the years, and it, it kind of evolved to the point where yeah, like you mentioned, Jeff gets the first three, yeah, and then and then Cameron gets a drum solo, which is weird, like no guitar solos, little breaks in there, so yeah, very interesting. Like, I think I think my favorites are when like Stone does a little bluesy thing, mm-hmm. then Jeff kind of bases up, and then the last one is just Mike just shredding it. Oh my! I think I think Pink Pop from 2000 was like that maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I like when I like when Ed has to follow Mike, and he goes, he just goes, ding, 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 <laughs> and like he just can't. He's trying so hard, but he just can't. Like those are my favorite ones. Oh man. I, Every, every time here it's, it's fantastic so more more who stuff more who references you can't get enough but look you want you want the big songs to end this night you have what uh, you have seven more songs left and everything in here is going to be a song written before 1993 so you know that people have major attachments to all these songs and uh if you're not named Mark Kirby, you have an attachment to Black because he's the first person that I've ever heard that has said, uh, I don't know about Black. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, everybody's got their own everybody's got their a, own fandom. That's a shout out to you, Mark. We, we kind of had fun with you. He's, he's kind of give and take on Corduroy too, but we, we kind of had fun with you. It, it's all good. We're, we're all buddies. Yeah. Look, Ed just in this, the he throws his arm up, arms up in the air and kind of gives the crowd that little I'm spinning, whoa, I'm spinning and just after that just kind of starts collecting these handful of flags and that's a really cool moment. It looks like he's got a Brazilian a Chilean, an Argentinian and maybe one or two others that I'm not familiar with or couldn't tell but like some European yeah. some around from somewhere yeah yeah possibly yeah there was one that looked kind of dark maroon I don't know if that's that's Austrian or not <laughs> not too sure but oh look and then of course like this is going to be this is going to be the last like emotional deep moment before just tearing apart the rest of the show and like <laughs> Mike is in what I want to call Native American style on on the stage uh, on that little like side step on the stage and it, it's perfect. Ed's sitting on the, the speaker stack 
everybody's singing the melody together and it, it addresses them during this and that was emotional like so crazy all the incredibly beautiful faces from someone who is the loneliest person on earth then all of a sudden the song gets you to so many beautiful faces melody ring out do the we belong together tag and hear the crowd just after the band is long done oh my god it is always always an unforgettable moment yeah yeah very 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 special it's that big moment that the crowd's been waiting for you know when when black comes in because again everyone knows it and you're like oh okay here we go this is we we've kind of reached the peak of the mountain of the show and we're going to start kind of coming down a little bit and it's it's just the celebrations on and it's yeah it's really fantastic uh look after black you think okay like time for a live time to just finish the show out right wrong jeremy stay of love and trust what the fuck really oh my god more more show yeah, yeah. i didn't think that th- this doesn't happen this the the formula is usually like two in the beginning, then black kind of gets you like one more like emotional together moment, yeah. then hit yep. hit to a live, get the you know get the the haze and and the the celebrations hit the cover hit the whatever you want to close with, but no we're just gonna we have two more in us we're just gonna extend this a little bit and not just two more but two more that you freaking love and uh, look. The basketball is thrown thrown back on stage. I gotta mention that. And and oh we, yeah, they had they had two days off after the show, so why not? Yeah, go nuts. I, of course, of course. And he's gonna mention later that look, uh, the the curfew. They are not working within the curfew, and they're just gonna keep going on and on and on. But why the hell not, Jeremy? Great crowd response. There's there's at one point Ed is just walking around the stage, and I think he like puts his hand to his ear or something like that, and he's just like, "Yep, you guys did it. You guys know what you're doing. I don't need this." Like this is the this is the big stage. This is perfect. He's so loose, so comfortable in these moments. And even the state of love and trust. Ed back and forth with the crowd this one. I'll do this one myself. No, no, I won't. And he's kinda like teasing them and at the top of the stage is like like right in front of the speakers, singing at the top of the stage. Oh man, like another. Just more great just crowd participation stuff and, and great interaction. If you're up in front and Ed's doing that stuff, you're you're gonna remember these moments. Yeah, this is 
again, this is where like it just becomes a party. Like State of Love and Trust into Live. As soon as as soon as Mike starts State of Love and Trust, you can almost feel like the energy kind of go like, oh, cool. Yeah. And like he did, he goes, yeah, no, I won't. You know, I'll do it with Mike's help and right real quick for the solo. That's a really yeah. cool moment, mm-hmm. giving him another chance. Like, yeah, he's. Oh, it's fantastic! Like the end of the show is like because you're you've gotten all the all these rare songs and all these like deep cuts and covers and yeah, like how you, you're gonna just this run of little ten songs, this run of early songs is is the perfect way to to bring the show down to it to a close. Very very cool. I'm about to tickle your fancy. We're gonna stay on Say Love and Trust for two seconds. You ready for this? Do it. Jeff's baseline in that in that breakdown. Is that a little waiting room? What do you think? Hmm. I have to go back and listen. Like, maybe just just hints. Maybe just subtle hints. Maybe he's not okay. thinking of. Okay. That was the first thing that came to my head. The second thing to check that out. The yeah. second thing that came to my head was I, I can't can't go on this podcast and, and find a Fugazi reference and not make it. I'll have to go <laughs> to a lot of uh, trouble. I'll have to go to deep.pearlgem.com and check that out. Hey, yes, good call. Uh, but right here, this is where you get your alive moment. And bread and butter, we call this the B&B, the bread and butter time. It's But here, it's really like avocado toast because this is, this is another level. This is an upper echelon bread and butter. Alive, Baba, Watchtower, Indifference. And it's, the, it's the charcuterie board. Yes, of. that's a great yes yeah, so that's a great way to put it <laughs> and boy like uh, again the alive conversation is usually the celebration of everything that happened in that night and i usually make make it a point to say that to kind of signal that your night is over and it's almost this sad happy feel where it's like ah oh, oh we know it's going away but i didn't get that from this i just got pure enthusiasm pure just like yes joy joy yeah. just give us the song in this moment and that's all we care we don't care that there's only one or two two more songs left like just we already know that this has been unpredictable if you're gonna throw more stuff at us great if you're gonna stop right here that's fine too just we're in it till the end and it's fantastic not a lot of crowds act that way like listening and watching these boot boots and, and watching the videos on youtube you can kind of sense these things from crowds this crowd was just this is just an, another great song in the set instead of like time time to go kind of thing. yeah absolutely and sometimes you know we talk about how you can like like i said the joy in it you can still feel that they really love playing the song and yeah it's like ever since the you know everyone knows the story of the the curse was lifted and all that but these recent versions they're so powerful in that sense and you you know you really feel like the band is just they they just love playing the song and i can't wait to hear it again when when the shows come back it's going to be very very special maybe even more than it has been in in many many years i you're absolutely right like when when you think of things that everybody's going to want to be together and sing together and togetherness is going to be a theme of whatever the next tour is and Whoever is in the crowd, whether it's people that are, you know, that got tickets through friends, 
boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, exes, whoever, or like through their job, through their work, everybody's going to be on their feet, pumping their fists, singing to this song together because it is one of those songs and it's always been one of those songs. But uh, in, in this show, it is it is part of this set list and doesn't let up. Fantastic. It sounds like there's almost like a little pause. It sounds like we're, I think if the video cuts out, you're almost like, did they leave the stage? But they didn't. Uh, they must be like commiserating here. Like, all right, let's figure out what to do. you help crowd you do it <laughs> it's just like again it's another big moment involving the who and it's perfect it's only teenage race like that, that that's all you need to hear that's all you need to hear that's all you need to know like you guys know the song you're smart you, you know what this song means to a lot of people it might be one of the best rock and roll songs ever written it, it yeah. is on that scale and it's a great way to cap off all of the, the reverence you know you go back yes, to yeah. the beginning of the show break or fall being there you know that i can see for miles reference the young man blues tease when they when he talked about the record going into like real me and leaving here like you were always going to get baba at the end of the show 100 percent. and uh what you might not get all the time is you might not get an ed wipeout. <laughs> He wipes out on the speakers. Yeah. There's, it's been a long night. There's been a lot of drinks being tossed around and uh, a lot of celebration, but that does not hinder what the rest of the show has in store because he, you even see a crowd surfer during Baba, which is just, hmm. that's insane. I, I thought yeah. I saw one during Evenflow too, which is just nuts. But 
Ed kind of sneaks from behind Ma Mike at the end here, kind of like pretends like he's strumming his guitar. He steals it from him, starts doing windmills, and this is the peak guitar, this is the cherry red Gibson here, starts doing the windmills, and this is again, 12 year old Eddie. He's here, he's playing on the stage. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not Ed, I'm Pete Townsend right now. I'm, Freaking, I'm about to smash this guitar, but no, not smash this guitar. This beautiful Gibson right here. Oh my god. Like, nobody does this. Who does this? Who lives their dreams like this? Yeah. And it's those, you know, it's those iconic videos and pictures of the Who. You know, you, you can you can see Pete in those videos doing the windmills. Like, there's, I mean, you know, if I say Pete Townsend windmill, we all have that same video running in our heads. You yes. Know? From, He's got like a white jacket or on. Or 71, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you're you're just watching him in his bedroom in 1974. You know, it's it's, it's really, really cool, really special to see him. Just, just kind of the unbridled joy of it really, really comes through, and it really makes the show special. It, it absolutely does. And that that's the last of the Who references, guys. I'm really sorry to say that. Like, that's, but uh, we had a good run. We had a good run, you guys, but it's over. There's no more Who, but however, the show's not over. There's there's an encore from the Who. I don't know what any of this means, but we get all along the Watchtower, and Ed mentions here that he thinks the venue's trying to kick him out for about 20 minutes, but he mentions Matt's son Ray's here, and he says, I can't say I've known Ray for all of his life. I think I've met him on the fourth day or so. I missed the first three days. I think he might have pooped and and pissed and vomited a little bit but uh, oh you'll you'll find out uh, well aware i've been told many a time <laughs> don't know how to prepare but it's coming so ray uh ray gets gets on the guitar and he's having a little moment for them but uh ray is actually like at the, at this point he's a teenager but now he's trying to make something of himself he's trying to build a, a, a little bit of a career and he's got some songs out yeah, I was kind of curious, so I went and looked it up, and he's actually, just within the last few month, months, he's actually kind of started a, a kind of singer-songwriter, acoustic kind of musical career, and if you go to Six Fig, which is sixfig.bandcamp.com, he's got a little project called Six Figure Retirement, which is maybe a little nod to his uh, status there, I don't know how I feel about that, but... He's kind of doing like a, almost kind of a bedroom, acoustic-y, kind of early 90s sub-pop thing. And it's, it's interesting. So yeah, encourage people to, uh, to go check that out. He's released, he released an EP a couple of months ago, and then he's put out a couple of songs, just one in the last week. So uh, yeah, if you're interested in, uh, in the Cameron Legacy, go check that out. You might recognize the titles. You might. Yeah, there's a couple, couple <laughs> of, uh, yeah, they were a little, a little interesting. Good people can go check it out. So, all right, Watchtower is fantastic, and again, like queuing. This is the one that's queuing you to the end of the night. You know, Watchtower. Okay, nothing follows Watchtower. If something follows Watchtower, it's going to be the end. And thankfully, we do kind of cap this off, and it caps off beautifully. The way that it eased into the show with Pendulum and of the girl, kind of like just that getting you sort of prepared for it and sort of easing into the hype. The show finishes the same way. It takes you down and it kind of 
it eases you out and it kind of like relaxes. There was a calmness over this version of, of indifference. I didn't feel like, like, yes, they were screaming, they were screaming their lungs out till this fills this room, but Ed was a little bit more like just kind of easy with it, I thought. I was kind of surprised this wasn't a Ledbetter show. I, I this that felt too. like it. This felt like it was, it was, it was itching to be a Ledbetter show. But you know what? A lot of these songs are not typical setlist songs. We got Ghost. Yeah. We got yeah. Don't Give Me No Lip. We got Push Me, Pull Me, Fatal, All or None, Army Reserve. I'm, I'm not complaining. I well, and like you said, Indifference is great. I, I love Indifference just as much. But it just it just felt like I was a little surprised that like it felt like the mood of the show was leaning towards a lead better show. But yeah, again, nothing wrong with Indifference. Great version. I, I I get what you're saying, and and yeah, that makes total sense. But that's also, I, I you know, the the Live at the Garden DVD that ended with with Yellow Lead Better, and that. I don't want to say that was a little bit more hit-friendly because you did have a lot of rare stuff and, and just completely just holy crap moments from that show, but that this one was basically the rare version of that show, the, 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 the deep-cut version of that show and ending with Indifference, which could be seen as the deeper closer, the deeper-cut closer. I like that. I like that aspect, and I thought it was a perfect balance the way that it ended the set kind of comparing to the beginning but however uh ed picks the mic up at the end and says something to jeff that sounded like i think you should have given him a little zeppelin next time did you hear that no yeah it was really subtle he was like give him a little zeppelin next time and he dropped the mic it almost sounded like he was mad at him i don't know why if that's going back to fernando probably uh, yeah maybe <laughs> yeah yeah, actually, I, th- I think I think I saw Jeff laugh at that. So yeah, that was, yeah. that was good. Uh, how often do you get the entire band just taking the moment to just take it all in at the end? They're not walking off. They're not just waving their hand and not saying goodbye, throwing their picks out, whatever. They all gather in the middle. You know, boom, boom comes out from his perch, and everybody screamed for boom. Boom didn't get a lot of love at this show. They, there wasn't a lot of you know specific boom moments, but when boom popped out, everybody started cheering for him. Uh, everybody gets in the middle, arms around each other, the big bow, and what a way to go out. That's you know not something they do every single night, but something they deserve to do on this night. Yeah. All right, so so now that now that we're done with the set, let's look at the set list a little bit here, and let's look at what was was kind of left off the cutting room floor. I see there's a little bit at the at the bottom that it looks like Swallowed Hole was originally after given to fly. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Instead of setting forth, huh? Wonder how that would have worked out. Yeah. Um, the Encore Two looks pretty. That looks pretty intact. They played all of that. It looked like it was either going to be Black yeah. or Jeremy, but and they ended up doing both. How often does that happen? Shit. Man of the Hour, All or None. So they added Fatal. I wonder if that was something they saw the sign mm-hmm. before the break, went right. back there and said, all right, everybody cross it off. It's Fatal now. Because it looks does... like it was going to be their daughter or Parting Ways. Oh, that's says Parting Ways. I thought that said Future yeah. Days. Oh, yeah, Parting Ways. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God! Parting. Imagine three binaural sh- songs at the show. Yeah. Damn. And uh, if you see the the live at Leeds, uh, that that at 
kind of and the arrow i think those are who references too mm-hmm. it kind of oh, looks yeah, like absolutely. the kind of looks like the uh the target the the mod logo yeah this so came from i think pearl jam had the their account had tweeted this out maybe on the anniversary or something oh, okay but yeah it's got like a little picture of like the that little yellow sign is like pearl jam stage with an arrow right it's like someone had just kind of taped it to that sign and taken a picture of it very cool yep yeah fantastic how do we do this? How do we, uh, how, how does this not become like a top 10 episode right now? Like how do we, yeah, this is, is going to have to be one three. where we, where we group some things together. Maybe possibly. Um, sure. I'm going to give, I'm going to give army reserve, um, some love here and sure. put that at number three. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, the, maybe the best version I've ever heard. Uh, my number two is going to be that, that, Encore one run the man of the hour all or none fatal, just three kind of under the radar perfect songs fit very well together, very very good. And my number one is it's got to be all the the who references from Breaker Fall, like we said to Young Man Blues and Real Me leaving here, Bob O'Reilly, all the little nods to that like that's that's what makes the show special and that's what kind of gives it the little uh, the little extra oomph. Yeah, uh, look, all of those are fantastic, and I have most most of those that I'm going to share. Uh, the first one I'm, I'm going to share, I'm going to single out Porch for this because it's it's the realization that Porch is the influence that came from Live at Leeds. Like, it's the exact kind of performance that Ed had been studying, that had been listening to, and I'm sure the rest of the band, too. Let's not leave them out. I'm sure they are massive Who fans as well, and everybody has, like, their band. Mike was a Kiss guy. I think Cameron was a Kiss guy. Stone was a uh, Zeppelin guy, and Jeff was kind of an everything guy. He had he had lots of different... Everybody had different stuff, and even Ed had different stuff, too, but, like, Ed was obviously the Who guy, and, and he had the most influence in that, and it's just great to see the correlation between the two that my generation uh, just everything that happened in that just go go just go buy the record it's probably in your record store for like 10 bucks just go buy it that best thing yeah, they, you can do actually i think they they finally released the entire show a few years ago on streaming so you can oh finally hear great. like the original unedited like the whole tommy run and damn added a lot of all the the, the banter in between and stuff so yeah, I'm interested to go go back and listen to that. That yeah, that'll be my homework for tomorrow. That's for sure. Uh, all right, so I said porch, like black is another like nod to just just how how the interactions with the crowd came to be at this night. Um, and yeah, like this is just a perfect night for that. It, like they're you know when Ed kind of has them in the palm of, of his hands and he, he's feeding off of them and they're feeding off of him and, and he's interacting. He knows what's going on. He's seeing things. He's he's seeing certain people, the basketball, shit like that. Black kind of encapsulates that whole idea from this show that he has this special connection and that whole thing where he breaks down, he says, you know, uh, for somebody who was the loneliest person on earth and people are singing the words of his, the song, it's, it is crazy. Uh, I can't disagree. My number one is even before going into this man of the hour, I felt something really special from it. The, the, you, you can hear a pin drop almost from the crowd when in that 
chorus like coming out of that uh like they were just just so respectful and emotional after that speech and it just before i was listening to the show uh saturday afternoon and i i was on porch when i found out about frank i had just listened to man of the hour probably 15 less than 20 minutes before i found out that's insane like i i don't know how to really take that right now i'm just gonna just think about that for a little bit and just accept that it has it now has this just ingrained memory and um you know i'm gonna try to keep it a positive one try to keep his memory a lot of people have reached out and said the same things about him and how thoughtful he was and how much he wanted to give back to the people in this community. And, and people like that don't, some of these people, they, they want kind of the credit for, for that. And I, I, I I hope I don't come off as like somebody that's like, Hey, my podcast, but like, you know, we, we just love what we're doing, but there are some people that are just like, I, I just want to, you got, you guys love the same things that I love. And I just, I just want to, I just want to make you guys happy and uh boy, keep those people around because those people are the best. And uh, if you're out there, uh, you're just, just thank you. Love you all. I don't say it enough. That That's a word that uh, I just don't say enough, but love you guys really do. Um, Man of the Hour is number one, and no disrespect to All or None or Fatal, fantastic, and want to put them in my moments, but I'm singling it out, and I hope you understand that. So, rating time, 10. Oh yeah, hands down. That's all we got. That's don't don't give it a second thought. Nope. <laughs> this, is I, the, this is, I mean, the 2014 obviously is, is known for your, your Moline's and your Milwaukee's, but... Yeah. This is uh, this is an all timer. It is, and I think this this made our top ten of yeah. the decade, right? This was like number eight so. or number seven, and even at the time, I was like, "All right, cool, I can't wait till we get to it." Didn't know when we were going to get to it, but now that we have, this is this is I think in a top ten for me. This is like Benny live at the garden like Mm. i mentioned before it's getting up in that territory for me now where like i'm gonna call back to a lot of these performances and and i had listened to the show before but like i i sort of go into these i i don't like to listen to shows that we're about to cover or gonna cover for the future just kind of casually because i like to i like them to kind of just hit me right when i listen to them for the first time and i like to get the instant reaction so this was kind of that I, I listened to it a little bit, but not to the full extent, not the full three hours. So this yeah. was kind of getting that full instant reaction. And oh boy, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. This, this brings you back in, into the whole thing. Sometimes you listen to all these shows and you're like, all right, well you got, you got stuff to talk about and you got, you know, songs and you got to say, dissect this, dissect this. This was just a, a fan fucking tastic show to talk and listen to like there's no i hope you guys enjoyed this episode because it was extremely enjoyable for me i it sounded like you enjoyed yourself you're very even keel so it's tough to tell sure no yeah great show <laughs> i mean I, I, I don't think i listened to this one since 
maybe since it had been released on the on the bootleg. But yeah, it was it was great to go back and listen to. Just yeah, front to back, top to bottom, fantastic. I, I don't want to like brag or anything, but I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good right now, and I shouldn't be. Uh, I'm having like, and John's gonna roll his eyes. I'm having like a, a Michael Jordan flu game kind of moment here. Besides, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna roll your eyes. Uh, I uh, I pinched a nerve earlier today. I have a fucked back. For anybody that gives a shit about that stuff, I know you don't, but some some of you do. So I'll, I'll give you the credit for those who do. Uh, and I pinched a nerve, and like my whole left side is numb, and it's been numb since we started the show. And I was just kind of trying to get through it, trying to get through it. All right, it was just just power through. And then halfway through the show, my throat starts to swell up, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on now?" It was probably a spice that I ate from the Thai food that I had for dinner, but like going through all that and feeling that and I I was just sort of doing this episode off fully emotion and excitement for listening to the show and sharing it with you guys. Uh, I guess that's my Michael Jordan flu game moment. Uh, Look, (laughs) no no more Thai food before recording for you. Nope, we're done. And also no more Thai food from that place because they took an hour to to get it to us. So (laughs) F those guys. But uh, look, you know we we've talked we've talked enough. Let's let's uh let's find a way to close this out and let you know what we're doing next week. We are going to continue on, just selling you deep and and just hyping it, getting getting you into it. We're going to do every year. We're going to do all the years. You know, 2014. This is the standalone show from 2014. We're gonna next week go to 2003. This is a show that I wrote one of the descriptions for and I was super pumped to write this show and I'm super pumped to talk about it next week I have so much to talk about and uh, I can't wait to share it with all you Buffalo 2003 probably one of the best stretches that the band has ever had from that Nassau Albany State College Buffalo kind of run I know I didn't say those in order but where those four shows and maybe even the couple before them uh, are just magnificent fantastic like top of the mantle shows yeah you know I mentioned you know I've talked a lot about Army Reserve tonight and how I thought that was like the best ever there's a there's a song at that Buffalo performance uh, Buffalo show that might be the best performance of a song ever we'll talk about that too I, I think I know which one you're talking about I think I do and honestly it could be a couple but I, I there's one specifically that I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, but that is a Patreon requested episode from our good friend Randy Morgan. You can follow him on Twitter because he loves to promote his Twitter handle. But hopefully we'll get to have him on the show next week. I haven't talked to him about it, but oh, cool. hopefully hopefully we'll we'll get his thoughts and opinions. He's he's a, he's a he's a good person. He's a good talker. So I want and I think he he's got a special story from that show. So I at least want him to tell that. So. Until then, we're going to do more. I think we announced uh, Spokane. We're going to do Spokane 2013, and we're going to do uh, Montreal. Montreal 2000. So mixing in a couple of those shows. For the Canadians. We we promised more Canada. We're following up. I'll boot that. We did it. We did Saskatchewan. We did a Toronto for uh, from 1991 for the Patreon. And now now we got Montreal. C'est la vie. Uh, All right. Let's close this on out. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, Frank. I miss you always. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This was a great show. We'll see you next week. This one's for you, Frank. <laughs>